Hello friends, welcome back. This video is so urgent, I've not brushed my teeth, just got up, I got into a call, all for you guys. Why is the entire crypto market crashing but DFI token is up? Is there another like 10 times from here? Again, this video is not sponsored. I approached them a few months ago. I'll link my older videos below. Since I've been staking DFI from 30% to 100% to 40% returns a year, so there's great capital gains and great cash flow. And those who followed, like all my kind of investments I make, is a wow ride, but it's rewarding at the end of the day. I hope you enjoy this video. Hi, Dr. Julian. Welcome back to the channel on such a short notice. There's a lot of requests to get you on because DFI is mooning right now while Bitcoin is crashing. So anyway, thank you for coming back and um, let's talk about the Bitcoin crash and why DFI is performing really very well. Ken, looking uh, forward to being back uh, and talking about those things. So why is the DFI mooning and I mean going up like mad, but Bitcoin is crashing? What's up with the whole crypto market crash right now? Um, so in, in general, in investing, uh, you always have two concepts. You have the concept of value and you have the concept of price. And in general, price over long time moves towards its value. I think that's a very general Warren Buffett quote. Um, and obviously in between, you have a lot of emotions and emotions make the prices fluctuate up or down massively. And so I think on Bitcoin, let's start with that. Um, I think over the past, especially two months, we have seen a lot of hype in Bitcoin without the actual value increasing. Um, so what do I mean with this? Um, I didn't see any extra utility in Bitcoin. Um, there just isn't much extra utility. Yes, we have seen taproot, some privacy, but that's just smaller parts. Um, Bitcoin is still as rare as it was before. There's no extra there. But I think a lot of people have expected that the Bitcoin futures ETF is going to do a lot. There were a lot of prediction models like the, the stock to flow model, the floor model. Uh, a lot of people were expecting Bitcoin to do really well in inflation. Um, and all this, especially October, November, uh, led to a price increase from the mid 40s to the mid 60s. And I think people have just come a bit to the realization that Bitcoin is probably not as much influenced by inflation as it is by everything else. Yes, inflation influences it, but it's relatively small in comparison to all, all the other price swings. Um, I think a lot of people realized the Bitcoin futures ETF is not as powerful um, as a, a spot ETF would be. And so a lot of people lost hope there. Then obviously you have always a bit of a, a fear kind of mongering with uh, Evergrande in China. And so all these things at the end kind of brought people back to reality. And so if you just look at the price of the beginning of October in Bitcoin and where the price is right now, it's actually slightly up now. Um, so if you just cut away all this hype in the middle, I think we're on a really good track. I think people just are a bit overly optimistic from what happened over the past two months and forget that a lot of it was actually hype, not value. So that is kind of the, the Bitcoin topic. Um, yeah, before we go to DeFi chain, anything else you want me to elaborate there or or see that? And maybe, maybe let me add one thing. So just because we had this setback, um, I still think... If you look at this on a long term, and I know that like your audience, because I watch a lot of your videos, I I see a lot of the comments. I think your audience has this long time horizon. They are okay in in betting on things that take a little bit to kind of materialize. So I would really have the patience there. Uh, I I still think that uh, long term uh, this is totally fine. This is just a short term kind of dip. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, Bitcoin is still a perfect use of store of value. The the only reason is like, you know, when market crash comes, starts coming and, you know, a lot of people start questioning, you know, like, is Bitcoin the real thing? And um, yeah, they go all questions about it. But I, I do think like if you draw a straight line up, you know, there's always this, this volatility in between. So I think you are just returning back to mean. Yeah, so the, the next question is, What's up with DFI, man? It's performing so well and congrats to the wonderful project that you founded and uh, thank you for letting me be part of it. No, man, thanks for you being part of it, really. I think uh, it, 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 I think that the key is always to understand in a, in a blockchain, in a community, uh, every, like, every kind of person that's part of the community brings value and everyone just, um, yeah, uh, makes the community grow. So for me, I'm... I was just some person that two years ago started this with Yuzen, and now it's, uh, I mean, I see so many people like who are driving this. It's so exciting. And so, yeah, so thank you so much for, for you also bringing exposure to that. So, um, yeah, I, look, uh, let's let's put it back to the formula, what, what value is. Value is three things. Value is the utility of something. It's the rarity of this utility, and it's how many people are kind of about the rarity and this utility. So the more utility, the rarer something is and the more people are involved, the more valuable something is. It's a very common sense. And I think um, DeFi chain, especially over the last month, had this massive upgrade of a concept called decentralized assets. So these are things like D-Tesla or, or, or D-USD, uh, D-S&P 500, D-MSCI. So a lot of these decentralized assets that are coming to DeFi chain, and I think this extra utility, and it's a massive chump, um, adds a lot of value suddenly to this entire blockchain. And then suddenly a lot of people now see this extra value and they're like, I really love this. And so if you look at this formula, the rarity is still the same, but suddenly you had this massive utility chump and suddenly you had this massive community growth. And so that is where this extra value is coming from. And that's why the price of, of DFI measured in dollars has pretty much doubled over the last, what, two weeks. And against Bitcoin, I think it has gone up like significantly uh, insane. I think 50% or something. It, it's been uh, a heck of a ride. Yeah, it's amazing to, to see the price go up and sustain at such levels. Um, and, and maybe and to mention, can I mention one thing here? We are we haven't even gone live, so everything goes live actually in two days, December six, right? So yeah. now this was just a code upgrade, and everyone can kind of play around with it. But for the things to actually start going live, this is actually going to happen on Monday. So I'm just gonna be totally excited to see what's going to happen next week. When suddenly, in my opinion, that's when the real kind of rocket ship is taking off because that's when decentralized assets really going to happen for all the people. So that's going to be, yeah, I'm really excited for what's going to happen for next week and obviously for the rest of the year and the next couple of months. Next week is so exciting. I see a lot of my comments in my videos and in my tweets talk about liquidity mining at what, 10,000% or something like that, right? I, I'm not too sure. So, uh, well, that's going to be pretty cool on uh, DUSD, right? Or something like that. Yeah, so um, the way this works, um, and this is the concept of decentralized assets. So instead of, um, for example, if you want to bring Tesla to a blockchain, you would have to lock up a Tesla share. Or if you wanted to bring a, a US dollar to the blockchain, you would have to lock up a dollar. So there's always this question, who's locking it up? And can I trust this person? So the way decentralized assets work is instead of locking up a security, you lock up cryptocurrency. So in the case of DeFi chain, which is built around the Bitcoin ecosystem, you can lock up three things. You can either lock up DFI, 
or you can lock up Bitcoin, or you can lock up stable coins. And the reason we allow also to lock up stable coins is simply to stabilize everything. But to be honest, most people lock up DFI and, and Bitcoin. This is the major kind of things. And then via a so-called price oracle, and this is an, a price feed from the large exchanges, Mm. It's determined what these things are actually traded for in the outside world. So if we use, for example, the U.S. dollar, then on the U.S. dollar, there's price feeds to the various exchanges. And it tells you this is what, for example, DFI or Bitcoin is trading in the outside world. So these oracles know uh -huh, Bitcoin is traded at forty five thousand dollars. So if there's one Bitcoin in this vault, we call those vaults. It knows that this is actually corresponding to 45,000 DUSD. So those DUSD that are being created are not backed by actually dollars. They're backed by cryptocurrencies. And in this case, by the reference price to the oracles. And so that is the exciting part about those decentralized assets. And the same works with the Tesla and DSP 500 and, and DARK and, and DSilver and DGold and whatever decentralized asset we have. Um, you don't have to trust that anyone holds those those assets. They're actually completely decentralized. Um, there's no one who can take their away because they're locked in by the blockchain itself. And that's the real revolutionary part. And, and I think that's why there's so much excitement around that. By the way, congrats on that. I see a partnership with NASDAQ. You had they as a price oracle, right? Like so, so congrats on that. That, that is a very big step. I, I, I personally feel that. Okay, so the next thing about I saw this tweet somewhere. If I could find it again, I will show it to the audience. Uh, the, the difference with DFI compared to the, like the rest of the ecosystem is that DFI doesn't have smart contracts. With smart contracts, you are going to get bugs. You know, the amount of money being stolen off smart contracts every year increases over and over again. So the difference is what well, DFI, there's no smart contracts. So like how what does this mean? It is it, so these tweets are not fully correct. So the what uh, DeFi chain is built basically it's a fork from Bitcoin. So it uses the same principles. Um, Bitcoin also has smart contracts, but it has it in a very limited form. And what I mean with this is the following: on Ethereum, you have and this is the differentiation: Turing complete smart contract. That means on Ethereum you can program whatever. The difficulty is if you can program whatever, whatever is also possible. So sometimes it's very tricky to tell people you can only do these things, but you're not allowed to do these things. And many times attackers on these Turing complete blockchains, and that's why you see so many attacks on Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain and so on, is because there are so many possibilities. So attackers have such creative ways to kind of, and it's not even attacking to be honest, it's just that uh, just like a contract, right? If you sign a contract, if you're a good lawyer, you know how to kind of work around these contracts. And it's the same with good programmers, right? So if these contracts in the real world would be 120 pages, and on top of it, it would be written by someone who doesn't really know exactly what to do, a professional lawyer is really good at attacking that contract. And the same thing happens in the Turing Complete world. So Bitcoin doesn't have this. Bitcoin has non-Turing Complete. That means only a few things are possible and nothing else. Now, some critics always say this limits Bitcoin, but at the same time, it's also the reason why Bitcoin is so super safe. DeFi chain is a fork and it's doing the exact same thing. It just expanded the smart contract capability slightly, but it's still non-Turing complete. So that means the risk of an attack vector, the risk of something going wrong is 
extremely tiny simply because you cannot do all these things out there that you can do on a Turing complete blockchain. So when someone says there are no smart contracts on DeFi chain or on Bitcoin, it's actually not correct. What they're talking about, they're talking about Turing complete smart contracts. This is true. They are not a part of DeFi chain, but that's by design. I also want to highlight one thing. Um, this obviously limits creativity, and I want to be clear on this. That is why actually the community voted on upgrading DeFi chain to keep the base layer non-Turing complete, so super safe, but to create a second layer on top, which is actually Turing complete for, see it like a sandbox, see it like an experimental kind of stage. And so whenever something works there in the experimental stage, it could be then taken down in the non-Turing complete world. And so this was voted on actually, I think last week, um, it, it had a major approval and support from like all the users because this makes sense, right? So you keep it super safe on the base layer and you do all the experimentation, all the crazy stuff that could actually break and could cause issues, but you leave this on top. And I think that is where a lot of blockchains really have issues because they can actually have all these dangers and all these attacks actually on the main layer. And so that's a humongous difference. True. I, if I'm looking at stats, like touring complete uh, projects usually have hacked like in the hundreds of millions of dollars, but non-touring complete was like zero or, or something like that. It's yeah. just it's just very very difficult to attack, right? So uh, do like do I know if there are any attacks out there, non-Turing complete projects? I don't know, but it's just really 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 difficult to to attack those things. Um, yeah. True. Okay. So now go. Let's go for the big thing. I see this hashtag everywhere. Road to fifty. That means DFI to fifty dollars. Uh, like yeah, that would be the yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the so the the idea, and I did this calculation um, in a, in a video, um, and I kind of calculated and estimated where would I see a long term fair value for big uh, for DeFi chain from today's perspective, right? So with a constant growth, with the utility that's there, and and I'm kind of talking about obviously the next couple of months, maybe the next year. So I talk about this hype cycle, and so at the moment. DFI is trading between four and five dollars. I don't know where, where it exactly fluctuates uh, with the volatility that we have right now. So we're talking about a 11, 12 X from right now. And so how is this possible? Well, it is possible because I foresee these decentralized assets are going to create a liquidity squeeze. They're going to suck up so much liquidity to create those D Teslas and DUSD and DSMP and, and whatever, these D bonds, D gold, whatever you want to create on there, right? And people can vote every week to add more of these tickers. So it's, it's just going to get more and more and more. And so just based on this calculation, you're going to lock up so much DFI that there's going to be such a squeeze that people will not be able to sell them anymore because they keep them in all those vaults. So buying them is going to get more and more and more expensive. And so the fair value that I see here over the longer period of time is about $50. And so that's where the road to 50 is, is coming from. Now, obviously, this has a lot of scenarios and a lot of important kind of um, ideas in there. This is important, but I see this as very, very possible. This, this is good. Uh, thanks for explanation. Um, I have one suggestion, like, if you are looking at adding stocks to DF, I mean to buy as a decentralized assets, why uh, we could look at like the stocks with the highest volume because that shows the most interest in those stocks, and we could just plant it into, um, you know, we could plant it into decentralized assets. The pro, I see ARKK inside there, but you know, ARK is getting a lot of shit these days. So uh, I, I was just thinking, like, you know. 
No, your fo- so so the way the original kind of so that we the the community started with fifteen tickers, right? And so all these fifteen, they were like, yeah, sure. Someone says this makes no sense. This makes sense. But I think as a whole, those fifteen, you know, they cover pretty much all the asset classes. They cover all the various kind of ideas. And this is just to start it, right? And to have it like in the first months, from January on, every week, people. All, all the community members can actually vote on what new tickers should come on. So we're going to have 50 more tickers over the next year. And I think that's, um, yeah, and, and that's where then suddenly we're going to have 60, 70, 80. So I 100% agree with you. I think the original kind of selection was really more on, let's just get some that are like well-known. And then over the next year, let's see, um, I don't know, are, are the, like whatever, right? Maybe some people want to have more Chinese stocks. Others say, oh, you know, we, we, we don't have any European stocks. Uh, we don't have any North North American. So let's see. I mean, everyone can just, uh, again, it, it, it's an open system, right? Uh, people can select and choose. Yeah, I will vote no for the Chinese stocks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Uh, everyone, yeah. Everyone is going to have a vote there. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the next thing is let's talk about total addressable market for generally DeFi. Like how big do you think it is? Because personally, in my view, a lot of people are not trusting the traditional systems, the traditional banks, the legacy systems. And I think DeFi is a big, big space. You see people talking about funds in the US. It's so hard to get money in and out. There's so much complaints. So what? how big do you think this, this entire space will be? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the current DeFi market right now, we're talking about 100 billion kind of dollars. That's kind of all the DeFi kind of counted together. Um, maybe you could say it's a bit more, but let's say it's around 100 billion. Um, I see this that at the moment, the entire traditional financial uh, ecosystem, obviously we're talking about trillions of dollars. Um, I don't see that these decentralized assets are a replacement of real world assets. I mean, they are different, right? There are different rules. Um, for example, decentralized assets, they cannot capture dividends. Real world assets, for example, get dividends. So there are differences, right? They are not the same. This is also important from a legal standpoint, right? Otherwise, uh, if they would be the same, these decentralized assets would be a security like a real world asset. So there are differences. What they are backed by, who can issue them, like how they are basically priced, right? So there are differences. What I see is that while these real world assets and, and especially first world countries, institutional investors, they will probably stick to those real world assets. But especially a lot of frustrated people in the first world countries, right? And there are a lot of them. They're going to move into those decentralized assets. A lot of countries that don't have access to those traditional markets, they're going to move into those. And so if you look at that, I think there were like guesstimations that this entire kind of decentralized asset market could easily go into the five to 10 trillion dollars. So, um, I mean, sure, if you look at all the assets that are out there, right? I mean, you just look at Tesla. Tesla is a trillion dollar market cap, right? So uh, we're just talking about a single company. So, and, and then you have so many others, right? You have gold and so on. So not everything obviously will be represented in a decentralized world, but I think a five to 10 trillion is a I don't think it's a conservative uh, uh, guesstimate. It's also not an aggressive one. I think it's a super realistic one. Um, so, and I think at the moment, um, yeah, uh, there's massive, massive upside basically. Yeah, but I, I actually usually get a lot of comments from people from the, actually from the third world. You were talking about the first world. I have people coming from the third world, from Pakistan, from Africa, from really funny places. And they ask me, how do I buy Tesla stock? Oh, I, I do think this this might really help uh, them a lot. 
going to I the mean, decentralized it's so market. easy. They can literally super easy buy the Tesla. I mean, all you need is you need DFI. Um, you, you get the DFI either from uh, one of the exchanges. Again, hopefully at the moment, especially there's a lot of exchange requests actually because of these decentralized tokens. Obviously, they're very interested. Hopefully, we can add more and more exchanges there. At the moment, we have Bittrex, we have KuCoin. Yes, they're not the largest exchanges, but they're also not the smallest. Obviously, I'm the CEO of Cake DeFi. I'm super happy if you use Cake DeFi. Um, we use the DEX um, the, uh, to, to actually buy those. So if you buy by us, you actually, which is basically a service provider, so you would actually be buying it on a decentralized exchange. Um, you need DFI to start in a system, and then from DFI, you can go anywhere. You can create loans yourself, you can create US dollars yourself, you can buy on the DEX directly, so you can switch your, your DFI into D-Tesla directly, you can liquidity mine with, with D-Tesla, so um, it, that's the open ecosystem, right? You download the wallet, there no KYC needed. There's no verification. Yep. Just download it. It's completely free. It's open source. Uh, you need DFI to get started. That's it, right? And you are in the entire ecosystem. So that's the beautiful part about this. Um, yeah, so again, I, I think that's going to be such a game changer over the next couple of months. I do think so. Like you add in the factors of uh, non-touring complete, which I personally like a lot. Uh, and you add on with, you know, you can buy decentralized assets. And all this adds up to a very, very far future. So just, just to wrap up this, this quick video. Anyway, thanks for coming this on a short notice. Next year, you know, there's a lot of crash. The last question is next year, there's a lot of you know, stock to flow model. The Bitcoin is going to crash, blah, 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 blah. So if you are in the space of a retail investor, you, do you have any advice for them? I have big doubt that the stock to flow model or the floor model or any traffic uh, 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 chart analysis, uh, technical analysis, early blockchain analysis, that these models really work. I mean, if we can agree on one thing, then I think we can agree on that the only thing that never changes is change itself. We There's always change. And actually, Darwin said, uh, evolution is all about the fittest to survive, and the fittest means the most fit to adapt to change. So I just don't understand how these rigid models that cannot predict emotions. They cannot predict demand, right? They cannot predict supply. Yes, they can predict the flow, but they cannot predict the emotional drives, right? They cannot predict regulation. I just don't believe that these models work. I think these models are really nice for general trend, right? But I would be very skeptical in trading these models or, or investing in this. I The only successful investors that I have ever met are people who are long-term investors, all of them, right? You look at Elon Musk, sure, Elon is selling stocks right now, but that is not because he wants to, that's because he's forced to, right? There's no other choice. But otherwise, he always mentioned he's the first in, last out. And he has done this all the time. He is buy and hold. And like, you can look at anyone, whether you like Warren Buffett or you hate him, it doesn't matter. He is a buy and hold investor and he's heck of a successful investor, right? So I promise you any successful investor doesn't give a crap about what all these chart technicians say, what, what kind of the media says, right? Or what kind of any macro, micro, whatever says. They understand that if they are time, if they spend time in the market, it's way more powerful than trying to time the market. And I would highly recommend that. It's my philosophy. I would really pass this on. Exactly. I, I think if you like, I usually have two accounts. Like I have most of my money is in my main account where I do not touch. You are right. Like you just buy in the hole, do nothing. And you know, sometimes we humans have some itches and there. So you can just create a small account to trade.
right? Oh, anyway, of course, yeah. because if you can capture, if you can keep your mo emotions calm, that will always make you win. So if you if you if you need to get this little like if you need to scratch your own itch and you're like I need to trade a little bit, sure, but do this with a small amount, right? Yeah. That is the the key. So. Yeah, just stay cool, uh, focus on the long term, take a look at DeFi chain. I think it's such a unique position right now. And I mean, again, results always speak louder than any opinion. And uh, it's it's such an amazing community. Uh, from my side, really, I want to say thanks so much, for, Ken, to you, but also so many from the entire Chicken Gang, because like we get so many messages who write us, hey, you know, Chicken Genius brought me into this. Like, I know about this. I'm so thankful to him. He has the best investment advice. Like, I know nothing, nothing of that is financial advice, right? But like, it's I think it's so important when you share transparently what you do. So, hey, thanks so much like for all that. Awesome. Thanks for the advice and thanks for giving an update to the DFI community. Um, I'm glad, I, I hope you like this video and thank you for taking your time off for this, this, quick, uh, this quick video. So thanks, Dr. Julian. Thank you. Do you learn something from this interview? I certainly did. If you are interested to invest in DFI, I'll put the links below. See you to the next video.